Welcome to Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever, the Janet Jackson podcast where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. This episode was intended to be a discussion about the Velvet Rope Tour HBO special, but turned into a super fun chat with the new generation of Jan fam. My name is Courtney and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Cam. Many members of the Jan fam have been with her since good times. But what's really amazing is how younger fans continue to find and celebrate Janet Jackson with more than 40 years into her career. I have the pleasure of welcoming our guests. Actually, I'm going to let them introduce themselves so you get a chance to put the names with their voices. Junkie, would you start and tell us your name, your age, and where you're joining us from. Absolutely. So um, you can call me Junkie. Um, I am 27. I am currently in New York, East Coast. Um, I can give uh, some light antidotes about my JanFam experience. I would say I, um, be- I would became aware of her at a young age, but I didn't realize it until like I looked back and like heard the songs again as like an older. Uh, fan and being like oh see I knew together again I knew you know some of the hits um but I would say I really got into Janet accidentally um in 2009 when she released her number ones album mm-hmm. um you know on iTunes how you can buy a song and this is like complete the feature mm-hmm. out of thing I bought one song and then I accidentally bought the whole album and I was like all right well <laughs> if I have 40 songs I might as well get into it and like that's like where it took me like I was just like oh like and then just like oh I like this song and then I explored the album so I got into it if that was like 2009 yeah that was like 2009 so then I would have been 15 I guess when I started getting to Janet and then I would say as the years go on it was kind of just like a snowball effect of progressively getting more into the albums getting more into the deep cuts looking at the tours her impact and those sort of things um so yeah and then i would say i am most active on shout out to Popheads subreddit um i like do yeah. uh, janet jackson write-ups for five years where i kind of deep deep dives into her um her eras her impact kind of why she is influential or should be revered perfect hey thank you for that i just want i wanted to tell you that um you know when i first encountered you it was because you had done one of those write-ups and i'm like this dude is thorough (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so well researched yes i read through the one you did i think for her 55th birthday a guide to janet's accomplishments and legacy and when i tell you I don't think you missed a thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. You don't realize how flattering that is. Thank you. Cause I would always get like a lot of comments from people um, asking like kind of, cause I would do more than like the specific errors for like, you know, album anniversaries and stuff like that. But I had a lot of people who were just like, I don't know where to get her to like where to start kind of basic kind of ground level information. So I really tried to like provide a, like a very mm-hmm. big overview of like, the eras and the big accomplishments of each era that way like people can like you know if something intrigues them or like oh man janet sold 14 million copies worldwide okay i want to look into that era like why was it big so worldwide or stuff like that and just kind of like give tools to people because like in the like age of the internet and social media and stuff like you just have to try and make information i think as accessible to everyone if you want it to spread and like be you know regurgitated right because unfortunately unless like you're like one of us you're not going to do that sort of research so you want to just give everyone like you have no excuse here it all is like you want to get into your little twitter stand argument i got your (laughs) ammo baby you know like (laughs) but i appreciate that so much thank you but i appreciate that so much that really does mean a lot thank you thank you what about you, Josh? Tell us a little bit about yourself, your age, and where you join us from, and when did you fall in love with Janet? Okay, hello, everybody. Um, my name is Josh. Um, I am eighteen, fourteen, Josh on Twitter. So, uh, oh, I'm I'm twenty three, and I'm from um from Atlanta, Georgia, and um, I got into Janet because it was actually by accident as well. Um. Growing growing up, uh, I was a big fan of Michael, and then when he died, when he died and stuff like that, I was I was torn. So, um, Scream was always one of my favorite videos. So the first time I saw it, I was like, "Who is this person <laughs> next to him? Like, she is getting it." And then, and, then, and then and then and then I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, Janet Jackson. Okay, so then 
the first video I saw was, I think it was either Rhythm Nation or If, or If, and I was like, okay, she's dancing. I was like, okay, she danced really good. So I remember the night of the, the 2009 VMAs. Um, I didn't know that Janet was going to make a guest appearance at the time. So then I'm watching it and then all of a sudden, when I see the little thing come up, I'm like, wait. And then as soon as Janet came out, I was running around the house. I was so, th so then after that, and then, and then after that, it was kind of like, I, I remember listening to a lot of songs, like from like, from, from that until maybe high school. And then, and then high school, was, high school was really, was really when I was like, oh, like she's a beast. So, so yeah, it's just been long, just, just been a good, standing along the way and i plan to stand many many more years. Years. Well, we appreciate it we appreciate that what about you ali tell us your name yeah well i just said the name tell us your age where you're from and when did you first fall in love with janet hi y'all so my name is ali my full name is alicia but i like to be called as ali i'm 19 years old my birthday is in December 10, so I'm a baby. And I am born and raised in Missouri. And how I fell in love with Janet, I was like a young baby. Not like a young baby, but I was like a, I was up to my teenage, like my preteens. And I remember like it was 2014 or 2015, I was listening to this one song called um, Funny How Time Flies uh -oh. and He Doesn't Know I'm Alive. And that's how I kind of like get into, I didn't have no business listening to Janet back then because, you know, she, you know, explicit with her songs. And before I was more into Janet, I was more into Michael Jackson. I was a Michael Jackson fan until he passed away. And I would have all these pictures mm -hmm. of him, printing out pictures of him and stuff like that. And then I watched this one video called Scream and Michael and Janet, you know, co uh, collaborate on a song together. And I was like, damn, okay. All right now. I am also known as Janet Legion. I have my username many times on Twitter. The Alley, Janet, 90s Janet. And I'm also 90s Janet on Instagram. If y'all got to follow me, 90s.Janet. Um, last month, it was my fourth anniversary of my page. Congratulations so on that. It's been about four years. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been on Twitter for almost four. So That's I'm really glad I got into the Jam fam. It was cool and laid back, but there can be some bullshit, bull crap. But... <laughs> 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 tell, us how you, tell us how you really feel okay <laughs> we, we might get into that a little bit later we might have some questions around that um but i love the jam fam and i am so glad that i'm part of this podcast and i thank you for uh, courtney and mm -hmm. cam for joining us bringing all these wonderful people in here with us talking about jen and this stuff i really do appreciate y'all for having us thank you what we wanted to ask you, I wanted to follow up on, I know that you run many uh, accounts that pretty much post Janet Jackson rares, or at least, you know, photos that are not, not heavily circulated. Um, how did you start collecting rare photos and how did you decide that's what you wanted to do? Well, I started collecting rare photos. It was like around like almost three years ago, almost um, 2018, when I started my page of Janet, before I had a Janet, before I made my Janet account, I was an Aaliyah account, like, I love, I love Aaliyah, and I had to deactivate it because it was so much bull crap going on, and it's like, you know, with the Janet page, I can just be more focused, and then I started looking on Pinterest and stuff like that, and people collecting rare photos, and I'm not the type of person that, you know, post rare photos and not give credit because I would give credit. But if I've never seen photos before, I would look on eBay and all that type of stuff. But the thing is, it's not easy to find rares and stuff like that. It's not easy. That's the, just, you know, the depths of it, it's not really easy to collect rare photos of Janet. Because there's plenty of rare photos and rare videos of Janet from then to now. It's not easy to find them. Mm -hmm. And um, I collect clippings, like bunch of clippings i have a lot of janet pictures all over my wall and rare clippings that, that no one has ever seen before i even have like 35 millimeter slides as well and i i do want to post them but it's just like i don't know how to you know go to like a website or something and collect photos of them and you know like print them out and stuff i only have a printer so it's like i'll take pictures with my phone and then you know slide it out and 
Pulsing Veneer. So, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, we certainly appreciate it because you have posted, you know, I thought I had seen every picture ever. And uh, you definitely post some photos that I have never seen. Like you maybe you've seen the photo shoot but you haven't seen all of these other photos that that were a part of it. And so I really appreciate that. It it keeps the jam fam fresh. I think it keeps even fans like myself (laughs) who have been a part of, of this fandom for quite a while, um, you know, gives us something exciting and new to look forward to. So I certainly appreciate uh, what you do in that regard. Can I ask everyone what's their favorite album and why? Uh, We'll start with you, Josh. So the funny story is when I first, because I've also been on Twitter since 20, since 2013, 2014, because I had an old account. It was called Janet, Janetologist, and that got disabled because of copyright, which, which was stupid. So I had to start from scratch, and then that's how I regained a lot of my following back. But um, so when I first joined Twitter, I was a Janet album stand. I was like, this is her best album. And now looking back, the only reason I said Janet was my favorite album is because one of my because my all-time favorite song about her is on that album. As time got on, I really, really connected with the Velvet Rope. So I don't know, like it's just like the album has a special quality to it that no other no other album has like has that quality. I don't know. I, I, I I don't know what the quality is, but it's just like, it's just special and it's different and it gave you something to talk about on the album. So, and then every song is different. Every song was, uh, every song was, uh, every song was ahead of its time. Like the one thing I really appreciate about, about, about her artistry is that each album has a look and this was by far her most, um, her coolest look, her, her coolest look of, uh, era-wise because of the hair, the fashion, the performance, the outfits, like it looked, it, it looked cool. So I just really resonate with that album so much in that whole era. So The Velvet Rope. Josh, do you remember what year you first heard The Velvet Rope? First year I've heard it. I want to say, I remember hearing bits and pieces of it in my childhood, maybe. But like, mm-hmm. uh, first time I actually heard it in general was maybe 2015, right before, right before Janet got the Icon Award from BET. Right before then, that was when okay. You could do well. You know, I was asking because you said that it was fresh and ahead of its time, and that's really interesting because you know, an album from 1997 that you heard for the first time in 2015. And, you know, you still describe it as fresh. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. you, um, Junkie? Well, in case the obvious, yes, white, gay in the background, <laughs> you know, didn't make my stance clear. Um, my favorite album is The Velvet Rope, too. I would say it's always, like, when I started getting, like, I never really shifted. Like, once it hit me, I like, I, it stuck with me forever. Um, I would say there's several reasons why the album, I think, like, obviously, we're all going to be biased. We're Jan fans. We all think she's a genius and stuff. But, like, objectively, trying to, like, view it from a very critical lens, too, um, like, what a masterpiece it really is. Like, to set the stage maybe for people that are maybe casual Janet fans or, like, you know, this is, you know, they don't know kind of the setup leading up to this era. What made me respect her so much as a person is how she handled this era. Like, she's coming off the Janet era right her biggest era ever worldwide success everywhere she just signed um a record deal making her the highest paid artist in all of music right so with those kind of pressures right you think about any other artist who's like put on a pedestal of having to one-up themselves or you know deliver on a commercial success right they're going to do something probably either they're going to probably do something safe or very commercially viable at the time right so the fact that Mm -hmm. janet was put in that position and she then releases the Velvet Rope in 1997, where addressing um, spousal abuse, um, sexuality, mm-hmm. LGBT rights, um, the internet even as like a concept in a vehicle, death, um, mm-hmm. her personal struggles with self-worth, self-love, um, trauma, 
Like, those are topics that, like, any artist would struggle to talk about, let alone when you are literally the highest paid artist in the world. Like, the world is collectively telling you, like, you are number one, right? And for her to use that platform to discuss those topics when she has the brightest spotlight in her career possible, like says so much about her integrity as an artist and as a person, because there are artists that don't have that level of spotlight or pressure on them to be commercially successful. Um, And they still struggle with talking about those topics, let alone talking about those topics and having like futuristic production and choices and music videos and stuff and then let alone all those factors combined and it's still being commercially successful like it's just like a supernova of factors that no other artist I think has ever been able to do before when having all those pressures on them so just out the gate right like just just all those factors alone it's like wow you're gonna really admire this album for what it stands for but then when you actually get into it lyrically production wise um the fact that like like it's in my opinion like it is the album that has had the most influence on music um post her career because so many artists have come out like rihanna has talked about it tanache has talked about the weekend has talked about it um uh kalela has talked about it like she this album was like the tree that branched off all these different artists that you know label themselves art uh, label themselves art uh, alt R and B. You know what I mean? And this was at a time where it's like we know what was on the radio in the late '90s. This was nothing like close to what it is. And like that also more power to fucking uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis too. Like their versatility as producers to bring these visions to life is incredible. Ellie. Okay, so. One of my favorite, favorite albums that I adore the most, it, it has to be Demita Joe. I love Demita Joe. Like, y'all better put some respect on Demita Joe because she put her crack and she put her health and up in that damn album. We gonna I'm need gonna it. Come on, I wanna hear I wanna hear this. <laughs> I wanna hear it too. But before you before you lay in, Allie, what I would really like to know is. What order did you meet? Like, was Demita Joe the first, your introduction to Janet? Or what was the album that was the introduction? My, what actually got into me when it got into Janet more was Control. Because she took control okay. of her own life. And if it wasn't for Jimmy Jim Material Lewis, and she would have still been under her father's ring, ring, um, wing. And she wouldn't have these out, these broken, broken records and stuff from her entire life and been in this career. So I would like to shout out to Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis. I would like to also shout out to Jesus um, Garber. You got to shout Jesus Garber. Yes. And um, all the Paula Abdul, I would like to shout out to her for bringing her more, you know, bring more out there with the dancing. And I know, you know, she fired Paula over <laughs> some dumb stuff. <laughs> but that's another show. <laughs> Okay, but bring us back to Davida Jokes. I need to know how this became your number one Janet Jackson album. Oh, let me tell you why. I love Davida Joe. Is because she put her crack in it and she snuffed it and still gave us some gave us some hits. And one of my favorite unreleased tracks has to be Pops Up. Yeah. It has to be Pops Up. And what can I say? And you know, with <laughs> so with Demita Joe. It's because, like, you know, ever since, you know, with the backlash of Janet, with the Super Bowl incident, I don't pay attention to the Super Bowl incident. I just more pay attention of Janet's versatility. You know, these fans out here still praise Janet to this day. Like, you know, with MTV, they backlashed her from her music playing all over the damn world. And Janet still came out strong. She let herself know, like, you know, I'm not going to let people stop me. And that's what exactly what she did. She brought us Demia Joe and she brought us 20YO and Discipline. And I feel like with Demia Joe, it deserves so much more recognition because people sleeps on that damn album. Like she gave us some hits, like RB Junkie. She gave us Island Life. She gave us um, Just a Little While. She gave us all these songs and all these unreleased cuts that she had that's you know that made it to the album. What unreleased album would have been on that album? Ellie, I love, I I love Ellie's passion <laughs> for Demita Joe. I was all ears. Now I I do not feel what you feel for that album, but I do think 
it's an important album. And I do think it would have done much better, you know, if not for the events leading up. So, um, I, and I am glad that that's an album that people are finding and really appreciating because one thing about Janet is she's going to give you whatever she's feeling at the moment. And, and, and somebody needs that at that moment, like at that moment, somebody needs it. And so I appreciate that album, but it is, it is not one I return to often. Um, and I'm also surprised like to hear you guys, I'm not surprised about the velvet rope because um, I think, to me, that album is one that stands the test of time. And no matter when you hear it, it's, it, it can speak to you in the time that you are in, like whatever time you hear it. If it was in the 90s, 2000s now, um, it is relevant. It's current for wherever you it are. Now maybe, you know, the one about the internet. Yeah, we might have surpassed that. But she was way ahead of her time um, back then with that, with that topic. Yeah. So I, I think, and um, Junkie made it such a, a, a valid point um, to talk about when she took that leap with Velvet Rope, um, you know, kind of at the height of her career um, to kind of depart from what she had done previously. And that's one of the reasons that I love Janet Jackson is because she has always been true to her art and she has always been true to like treating her albums as a diary. And if she don't mean it, she don't sing it. Right. So wherever she is in her life at that time, that's kind of what we get. And even when <laughs> all that money was on the line and all of that promotion was on the line. She still went into her bag and was like, this is the album that I'm making. Sure. It's not like the one before. And she had that same conversation between control and rhythm nation where they wanted her to do control again. Um, and then she had that same conversation, you know, moving into the Janet album. And so she basically has always been a person who is not dedicated to chasing trends. And I think that's probably what has given her the most success, but I think that's what what is most endearing to me about her. Can I say something? Yes, Real please. Um, I forgot one of the main reasons, uh, going going back to the whole standing part, um, the main reason is because I'm a dancer. So, so, um, so, so, so especially this era in, ter- in terms of choreography, Got Till It's Gone, mm-hmm. that choreography, so beautiful and mm-hmm. like and like going back to junkies point um i was going to say this she she can also make a song like together again also feel kind of sexy and and like by that i mean a deeper remix the one uh with the video like mm-hmm. if you notice that like mm-hmm. she can take a song that means one thing and turn it into different like different meanings based on the video or based on the choreography or based on how she sang it on the remix. You know what I'm saying? So it's like her artistry is just pure. She's a musical genius. And then this album really proves that because nothing sound, nothing sounds the same. Everything is consistent. She also thought about, okay, I'm not going to just have songs on here. I'm going to also have interludes interludes that equate with with the song and then then i feel like with this album the interludes actually made sense whereas janet i feel like had janet had a lot of necessary interludes that weren't needed but if you listen to the velvet rope each interlude Mm -hmm. is needed so yes yes and they're and i can remember them more than i can sometimes the songs but yeah Yeah. you're right about the interludes so let me ask you this what do you think she could do to reach more Gen Z fans? And if anyone can, who wants to go first? I can go first. Um, if, yeah. Go um, I would say very quickly, uh, she needs a different management team. Um, I'm going to have to be honest. When I see the way Mariah Carey handles social media and I compare it to how Janet handles, like I think Mariah Carey is, should be the gold standard for how, legend should hold handle social media like interact with like the stands like be in on that stuff but also be very relevant like on memes and different things like that can get publicity um i think some basic housekeeping needs to be done every single one for music videos should be on her channel they should be in hd um i think there needs to be um and she did this in 2017 2018 like with her return like showing up to a bunch of award shows that was very good publicity 
Um, but she needs just someone on her team, like a fan, like because on TikToks and stuff, like there's viral TikToks of Janet, like of people discovering Janet and being like, did you know she used to be one of the biggest stars, but got canceled? Like things that we take for common knowledge, Pete, Gen Z and like in younger fans just were never exposed to that so it's like new to them and it's like interesting and exciting so they're just you need to like keep like just want just have all your material out there but then to put in the work of engaging with fans on social media of your importance mm-hmm. of your artistry kind of re-explaining yourself but that's the thing with janet is that i feel like she's humbled to a fault where someone as like a, a mariah will remind people of her legacy her impact janet's more like she doesn't want that. She doesn't need that. She never has. So I think it's a good thing that's a, like that we adore her as fans, but then it's also something that could be detrimental to preserving her legacy in the social media age. And backing off of that, I feel like, yes, Janet is humble, but Janet, you also have to realize like you're a legend. Mm-hmm. Like, like when, uh, like, like when she was, um, on uh on jimmy fallon she seems so embarrassed about her accomplishments. i'm like you are janet motherfucking jackson mm-hmm. i'm sorry <laughs> take comfort like i know she's probably like yeah but like it's like you need to let people know mm-hmm. who you are yes. like, and, and, like i feel like she she, she needs a whole new team like a whole new subject. i do i do agree with that and then she just needs to be she just she just needs to be more active and like we don't mean posting every day but but you know if you see some that goes viral do not comment a black heart <laughs> on it <laughs> like that man it's the black heart i'll just be like can we get a oh this was really cute or all oh, or something other than black heart <laughs> black heart <laughs> i love it love Go it. i in. love it too <laughs> Go ahead, Allie. Go to get, tell us what uh, what else she could do. I feel like that you know we don't see much of Jen every day. Just as like you know, we don't talk. The only time we see Jen is like when she's working or something. Like you know, she's currently in NYC doing rehearsals. You know, I think her team just be posting. I don't feel like that's actually Jen posting. I feel like you know she gonna let somebody know and then she gonna say okay, post. I love it. Hashtag I love it. But the black card and. Um, Friday mood and stuff like that. I just like, you know, she does need a better team. Like, Jenna is a legend, an all-time legend that's been out for these, who been out way before these people has came on. Like, you know, like what Jenna said on Good Morning America, like, where they've already gone, I've already been. 20 plus years. She been out since 73, on stage at age seven, still working with these people to this day. I feel like she does need a more management team. And we I want we want to see more of her. Like Janet, pull at least do like a TikTok challenge or something. Like, you know, we don't even see much of her baby. And I don't understand why we can't even see him as a child because, you know, legal, you know, legal rights and stuff, which we can't we don't want to get into. So that's just like, you know, we, I, w- I wish we could be able to see more of Issa, but at the same time, I understand why that Janet, you know, can't isn't allowed to post Issa online so i understand that you notice on some pictures you see pictures of baby isa but you you can notice that they're blurred out they're blurred out and it's also like when she posted the the teaser for the documentary that would have been the perfect time for her to be interactive and be like hey guys like 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 mariah had even joined a space one time at least just pop up and say hi how you doing like we want to we want to see you too. Like, I think, you know, everything you guys have shared is valid. And I, as an older generation <laughs> Janet Jackson fan, it, it is really tough mm-hmm. for me to assess like what she should be doing. So I'm, I'm grateful for what you all have shared. I think those of us who kind of came up with her, um, you know, before social media was a super big thing. Now at the start of social media, internet, like she was the pioneer. She she was the one who was in the chat rooms and um, doing fan calls and that kind of thing um, way back before a Twitter or a mm-hmm. Facebook, you know. Um, and so for her, that might be old hat. That might just be like, that's the thing I did. Um, and, and, and we're all kind of accustomed to her. Uh, you know, she would do an album, like Ali said, when she was working, she was out there. And when she wasn't, she just went mm. away. And we just dealt with like four years of famine. 
that was just the way that it would be. Um, and so I do think I, you know, I agree with you all that she, she would be well served to find some sort of balance that like, I don't expect her to be Mariah Carey on the internet because that's not her personality. Um, but I do think that there is probably a little better balance, um, of making herself available, but like still maintaining what's most important to her, which is a, a, you know, a rich private life for herself. So I think you all gave some good advice that, uh, yeah, I wanted to jump in on that really quick too, is I thought that's a really good point of like, Janet probably does view it as like, oh, I was active on Twitter and now it's kind of like I've moved on. Like, I think that's definitely a mindset she has with artistry, with tours and stuff. Like she doesn't want to ever repeat Mm -hmm. herself. So I think that's a really good point. I guess my only suggestion would be is that I think like we know who runs her social media, right? And just my inside world with knowing, you know, I have a lot of friends who run social media pages for um, networks, shows, celebrities and stuff like that. And it's it's very much like a strategic team. Like there's layers like to what posts get approved, the late, like the tags being approved, what's said in them, et cetera. So it might just be as simple as like Janet's like, you can respond to these things with these things and kind of that's it, you know? Like, I don't want you speaking for me. So, you know, emojis aren't, you know, putting words in my mouth or something like that. But that's why I think maybe she needs like someone on her team who is more passionate than her about it because, in the age of social media, like people just aren't going to do the work themselves. Like, like us, like we're kind of a rarity of like, you know, doing the research, doing the things to like find these stuff. You need to like spoon feed it to these people or else they just won't learn it because like media, because of social media has become so decentralized, right? Like back in the day, we found out everything through MTV and the radio. Like that's it. We were, but now it's like, there's specialized TikToks for every genre of music. There's specialized YouTube channels for every, like it's so spread out that it's like, you need to like be consistent with your posting and like jumping on trends and stuff like that just to get your name out. And maybe Janet doesn't have to do it directly, but that's why I think maybe she just needs someone like a new social media manager who's like on the ball with that stuff just to keep her name in conversations. Cause then that can get people interested in maybe researching or something else, you know? Yeah, and I want to just say this real quick. When you say jumping on trends, because I remember a couple of months ago, I think it was a, a comedian named Kev on stage where he was trying to do the little part in, in Scream where they jump from their knees up. And there were people doing like videos of trying to do that whole little movement. And I was like, it would be so cool if Janet would just turn this into a, a, a viral challenge. But... She missed, but she missed the wave. And then mm-hmm. after a week, it was like mm-hmm. gone. Like you got to jump on those trends. Challenge to like do like the Rhythm Nation challenge or like the if something. So. so let's get into our discussion topic. The HBO special, The Velvet Rope, live in Madison Square Garden. Recorded on October 11, 1998 at Madison Square Garden in New York City as a part of the Velvet Rope tour and broadcast live on HBO. It drew over 15 million viewers and was the most watched program amongst homes subscribed to the network. The show consists of four sets and about 20 choreographed numbers plus ballads and interludes. Josh, what was your overall first impression, the first 10 minutes of the show that really grabbed your attention? What grabbed me was that that she that she was already like, I think, three songs for three songs in and like she didn't look tired like i got tired like after if i was like dang you going again but like it was just like her like she like she's there in it for 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 as for every every minute that like every single second you are drawn to her she could she could just be sitting there she has a presence and then you can really see that, especially like especially when after she does if, and then she just stands there. And then I really hate that the DVD version doesn't come with the actual long version. She stood up there for more than two minutes. Like it's like you're just drawn to her, and then um, the dancing is just as someone who dances. You, you just have to praise dancing like that because 
because even if she because even if she made a mistake, you couldn't tell. She was confident. So, yeah. And what about you, Allie? Can you give us an, um, your impression of the I tour? I have seen the tour from the beginning towards the, all the way to the end. But I still remember what's my favorite part of that tour. So um, my favorite part of the tour was when she performed What About? Because, you know, when she performed What About? And then these mm-hmm. actors or the, the dancers were acting as they were in like an abusive relationship. And they got tired and had the policemen and shit. That was, I'm sorry, and stuff. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, and then it's like, don't okay. want to live my life in this huh? And I was like, damn, I'm a dad queen. Go off. Because I'm sick mm. and tired. <laughs> don't want to live my life that was a perfect was like, impersonation. Oh I appreciate God, that. Please, 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 please. <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought about what that's that has to be one of my all-time favorite songs about what about is because we're not really sure of we, you know, we know the story behind it. It's just like, you know, it's about a woman and a man, you know, things were cool until it wasn't, and you was cheating and you didn't ever you you gave her no and <clears throat> I always thought about it was about you know her past relationships and I felt like it had, was part of her past relationships you know I don't like to mention her past relationships because, because like you know I don't want to bring up you know what Jenna had to go through or Jenna's trauma and stuff like that so I don't respect for Jenna I don't bring up her past relationships because we don't know behind the scenes of what she actually went through when she did fame and you know, and things like that. <clears throat> I don't bring up her trauma or anything. I, that has to be one of my favorite performances is What About. But what about that? Okay. And go ahead, Junkie. Um, I would say it took me a while to like actually, not like now, but like when I knew about the Velvet Rope Tour, you know, early when I was starting my stand-up, it took me a while to like want to see the tour and like that kind of seems kind of like kind of intuitive like Velvet Rope's my favorite album but just because I hold that era such a special place in my heart it's almost like I don't want to touch it it's like I almost want to just like keep it preserved this like magical thing that I've never seen um but then I eventually did and I think the thing that struck me and I think that has stood the test of the time with this tour compared to tours that have followed after it is that Janet never let the spectacle of the show overshadow the performing of the show. If that makes sense. I feel like a lot of pop tours nowadays put much more emphasis on the spectacle to sell the show than the actual performing. And I think without even trying to be ahead of her time with that, like she was, you know, with like setting a standard of what a pop show should be. You know, everyone talks about, you know, the costume changes and, you know, the stage and all those things are great and creative and wonderful and forward thinking. But they're all kind of like complimentary highlights to her performing and her all intense choreography. And like those are the like meat and potatoes, you know, that people should be focusing on. And I feel like, yeah, like that's the biggest takeaway. And obviously, like, I think um, the control medley is my favorite control medley of any tour. Um, it's solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to I want to jump in on something you said earlier. You said, you know, the spectacle of the show, um, it, it it never takes away from the performance. And I think that's that is right on point. You know, th- this show, the Velvet Rope, she and the eight dancers in the band performed in a parking lot. It would be equally amazing. Yeah. It was just <laughs> such a tight solid show from staging to the choreography the interludes even the band interludes were just magnificent um so i mean it didn't need the stage but what's amazing is even then you know the technology was again on the cutting edge you know the idea for the velvet rope you know kind of the concept was to to mimic kind of the premise of the velvet rope and so if you recall in the opening scenes i'm at the beginning of the show there's that giant curtain that opens up and exposes you see the the what's supposed to be a book and then one of the dancers comes out and opens this huge book which the pages are revealed to be that jumbotron screen 
that's on the stage. And that screen was cutting edge. They didn't even have the software for it. They had to work very hard to get the software to be able to show uh, the pictures just right. Like multiple engineering firms contributed to getting that technology um, on board. And the whole idea was, you know, the concept of the velvet rope is really a critique on kind of like the barriers and classes within our society. So, you know, some folks are hidden away behind this velvet rope or they get these privileges that you find only behind the velvet rope if you have access, while others who do not have access basically lead a much different life. And that book was kind of to signify like her career, her life as an open book. Um, And so there was a lot of symbolism in this show. And there was a lot of, like I said, this, this, this set, it took 12 trucks to move the, to move the stage. Um, When they went from city to city, they had 12 trucks to do that. And so it was just really interesting to hear you say, Junkie, that like, it was great, but it didn't, it was, it paled in comparison to just the pure raw performances of Janet and, and, and all those folks who were on the stage. I would say I want to bring up one point based off of what Cam said. I think what Whitney Houston did for vocalists, Janet Jackson did for performing and dancing. And I think that's her, like people don't put enough, you know, respect on the form of dancing compared to, you know, singing as an art form. And I think that's something that maybe contributes to her being underrated because again, like we talked about earlier, her lack of her performances being widely available, her music videos being widely available. There's a lot of Whitney Houston clips, right? You send that to, to the you send that to the average Joe, they can recognize that, right? But if someone wants to pull up an HD video of her, like, you know, her tour footage or something like that, it's like, where can you get that? You know? And it just, you know, I think that also, like, you know, it all plays together in this big thing of hurting her legacy a little bit of people not knowing that, you know? And then also, I think n- newer pop stars don't put an emphasis on uh, dancing like they used to, too. So it's like people don't care. People aren't going to search that out rather than like if Ariana covers a Whitney Houston song. Oh, man, that gets her you know coverage. But you're never going to see Ariana cover the if dance. You know what I'm saying? There's no new girls putting a spotlight on choreography anymore. They don't they don't do it. So, mm. It's only, I mean, in my opinion, it's really only two people that's doing that, and that's Doja Cat because the Doja Cat doobie, she said that her Grammys performance was uh, it was inspired by, by feedback, and, and then and then and then of course Normani with the whole would you mind situation, then the whole wow, but like, but like it's like it's like you said, and like and like I, and then. I don't think people realize that before Janet, other than Tina Turner, we didn't really have women like, especially black females dancing and dancing. Like if you ever noticed after, after she did the AMAs and the Grammys uh, in 87, pop stars were slowly, even singers were starting to bring choreography into their performances, performances because they realized dancing is something that a lot of people haven't seen within the good couple years because the like the year before janet came out it was strictly vocalists like her competition was mainly vocalists and like reasons like that is why the normal joe wouldn't understand that janet was the most paid entertainer twice in a row a lot of people don't have that like 40 million and 80 million she was bankable and then that and like i say this with all my heart every person who has debuted after janet who dances it is inspired by her 100 percent and 95 percent of the industry anybody who does choreography is inspired by her for her to have such this big legacy and like the younger generation is kind of robbed of that and then and then i say rob as in because i was only like i was only in kindergarten when the whole super bowl stuff happened and then imagine if that didn't happen a lot of us now would be like, oh, yeah, Janet Jackson w- w- was popular back in my day. But, you know, we aren't able to see that now. So I just feel like she's very, like, she she deserves a lot more credit than she's getting. Really quick fact to build off of that. 25% of the world's population 
was born after 2004. Like that is a staggering number of people who were neglected and never exposed to her. And that just keeps snowballing. Do you think there will ever be another Janet Jackson? No, are we never? Are we no. okay? I guess I don't need to finish the question. I was going to say, <laughs> well, is someone on deck? Who would you say about that? I don't think the industry will let there be another Janet, just because there's a lot of artists that has her influence and has the material, but because they're not promoting them or they're just not giving them. I mean, we shouldn't have had a protest for what's her name, Naomi, to be on the MTV musical. No money. I'm sorry. She shouldn't have had to jump through all those hoops to be on that show. I mean, I definitely, I definitely. The reason why I say no as well, because like it's not just like her as a performer. It's just her, like, like it's just her as an artist and as a person. Like we will never have somebody who has who has that soft of a tone, but also makes it work for them and have them do different stuff. And like, and like, and, and like nowadays you can't tell errors apart. You know what I'm saying? No artist is going to get, give me uh, each album fixed with, fixed with a different look. You know what I'm saying? So no, she's just like, just like it won't be an, another Mike or another Whitney. It, it won't be another Janet. Yeah. The, the landscape has changed way too much. I think that, like someone, I, there was an interview with some record CEO where they're talking about like if someone like Prince walked into a record label today, he wouldn't be able to get a recording contract, you know? So I think that, and there aren't many artists that, it sounds like, you know, beating a dead horse, but it's true. Like we see the kind of albums pop artists, like triple A pop artists are making right now. They aren't made to stick or last. They're very like optimized and formulated, like, so for someone to have like her like there's just too many factors like her performance her looks her style her fashion and then just her ability as an album artist i would love for there's someone to be like that like there's you know like we said she has many daughters like britney was definitely inspired by her choreo like there's people inspired by her vocalists and her sounds like the weekend tanache sierra like you know her it's sprinkled but to culminate it all into one other person again it just won't happen I would like to say that the reason why I think that there will never be another Janet Jackson, I'm sorry, like, you know, you could be influenced by her, but you will never, ever duplicate her. Never. Never Mm -hmm. duplicate this woman who worked her behind off for these past 48 years and been in this industry for almost 50. In 2023, it'll mark 50 years since you've been in this industry. And and I would like to say that she is underappreciated because they don't recognize her enough. All they recognize her is from like with Nation or the Super Bowl and then they make memes out of her to disrespect her. Mm-hmm. And this is why every February, we celebrate Janet Jackson Appreciation Day. Every February, we celebrate Appreciation Day to show that we love and care for her and there will never be another you. If I would like to say something to Janet, I would say you are very appreciative. You know, these, these fans work out here for you. We, we praise you. We love you. There will never be another you. You have been in this industry for many years, and we still to this day recognize you through this whole entire industry. These people out here that praise you, that influence you through with the choreography, the music videos, but there will never be another Janet Jackson. There will never be another you. They could be influenced, and then they could be like, oh, Janet Jackson, I grew up on Janet, but they, you would never duplicate this woman. We would never duplicate this woman. Never. There would never be another Janet Jackson, and that's what I got to say on that note. Period. Period. Absolutely. Look, I can't. No, I, I don't have nothing else right there. <laughs> uh, uh-uh, that's it. Allie done took us out. the The doors of the church are now open. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, that was pretty darn perfect. Yes, I feel like that's it. That's it. I do want to give you a chance if you all have given your social media handles and all of that good stuff. But if folks want to follow you, reach you, um, check out what you're doing. Uh, how do they find you? Uh, Junkie, let us know. Sure. I, um, I'm a branding queen. I made sure I'm Junkie GS on everything. So on Reddit and Twitter, I would say are the most things. Feel free to DM me on Reddit or Twitter. I love having conversations with people that are like, I just read your post and I listened to this album. And I'd like, I will gladly give you any sort of information or suggestions or stuff. I love spreading, you know, 
the gospel and legacy of her. So love to engage with <laughs> you there. Janet Evangelist. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I just want to thank you, everyone on this panel. This has been such a fantastic time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Josh, how do folks find you? Um, you guys can find you can you, you guys have probably seen me on your TL. Um you can you can follow me at 1814 Josh. Um I plan on I'm in the process of trying to make like a little like podcast or something like that. So 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 this was a good start. Um but yeah, um oh yeah, and then um I'm thinking and then I like the I, I like to try to host little space events so like we can have more stuff like this and I and then I then I want to plan a space for the Velvet Rope anniversary on the seventh. So I'm I'm trying to work on that. But yeah, eighteen fourteen Josh. Love All you. right. Peace. Let us know so we can celebrate you. Well, so last but not least, the me. Um, you can guys find me at Janet Legion, all capitalized Janet Legion underscore. You bring your hottest source of Janet Jackson or videos and edits and more. And you can also follow me on Instagram, 90s.janet. Peace. Love y'all. I love y'all. I would like to add that I just want to take the time to say um, thank you, Cam. And thank you, Courtney, for, you know, bringing us here for this podcast. Like when you asked us about doing this podcast, I was literally thrilled. And I was like, I hope someday I'll have to be on the Jenny Jackson podcast because I've been down for y'all since 2018. And I remember you Chucky, Chucky Booker and you brought, you know, uh, all the choreographers and all the makeup artists. From from the past to now, so thank you guys for this, and I like to thank Junkie and thank you Josh for being here with us, and I really did appreciate y'all for you know having this conversation about Janet, all things Janet. I just hope that Janet needs to praise y'all. Janet needs to praise this podcast. Shoot, there ain't gonna be another Janet Jackson podcast. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has certainly been a super fun conversation. And it's I think it's truly important that we recognize the diversity um, in the Janet Jackson fandom and particularly the fact that she is still she's still snatching souls like these, you know, all of these years later, um, she's got fans younger fans that are this passionate about the work. I mean, that speaks for itself. And so thank you for sharing your passion with us all today. Well, that really is it for us for now. If you need more Janet Jackson, and honestly, there isn't anyone who doesn't need more Janet Jackson, subscribe to our Janet Jackson podcast, Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or many other favorite podcast providers and social media at Janet Jackson Pod. And also, if you are already a subscriber of this podcast, please leave us a comment wherever you are listening. Your comments and likes help other people find us, especially on iTunes. Yes, please leave us a comment on iTunes if you can, even if you listen elsewhere. Our intro and outro music is provided by Good For You by THBD. It's licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license.